Drilling fluids touch just about everything in the drilling process. We're here to deconstruct the drilling process and drilling fluid concepts to provide a deeper understanding of our industry. In each episode, we'll share information, talk to interesting people, and maybe share a few stories along the way. Welcome to The Flow Line, a production of AES Drilling Fluids, brought to you by Matt Offenbacher and Justin Gautier. Hey, welcome to another episode of The Flow Line. Matt, how are you doing this lovely week? Not too bad. How are you, Justin? I'm doing quite well. It's, uh, it's you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, the weather's slowly starting to get a little, I wouldn't say cooler, but just not as hot, which is awesome. We've spent a little bit more time outside. Um, I'm not, ha- the grass isn't growing out of control right now. So that's nice. I'm not having to mow the lawn every four days. So, you know, it's, yeah. uh, I wouldn't say we have four seasons, but we're definitely coming up into a different season within Texas. So it's, uh, it's exciting times. Less heat is a great season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, uh, Matt, and you know, another technical topic that I thought we could discuss, and it's something that on, uh, you know, one of the rigs that, that uh, I look after, something that we do, Grant, every rig we do these, we're going to talk about uh, FITs uh, or leak off tests. And uh, the, the reason I wanted to bring it up is, is oftentimes it's just SOP. You go in, you know, you get your FIT and away you go. But there's oftentimes too where they don't go quite as planned. And uh, I think it's something that, you know, if you were to read a mud report, let's say you're looking at an end of well recap and you're reading through it, there may be one sentence that says, you know, run the hole, drill out, conduct FIT to X pounds per gallon, and away you go. But it, it doesn't quite always go that that simple. And so I figured you, we could take a few minutes actually explaining it, um, you know, what it is, why it's important, and some uh, mitigation strategies that can be put in place if you think you have a weak shoe and we can talk about what a shoe is and and uh you know moving forward matt so what do you think about that love it yeah i think it's something that but what was interesting to me is a lot of folks like you said it, as long as it passes nobody even thinks about it mm. but when it fails then everybody's like oh dear what now? right um, yeah and so it just it becomes this routine you sort of forget about until you have a problem right um and so and even too, I mean, depending on what you get, uh, that can really change your your well design or your well plan for that matter. Um, so anyway, which which we can talk about, Matt. So why don't we go ahead? Let's get back to the basics on it. And, and so why are we doing them? And and what does it actually provide in order for us to move forward uh, in a drilling program? Sure. So I mean, basically, what we're trying to do is find out the limit, or at least know that we could go up to a certain equivalent mud weight or pressure and the formation could hold it. Um, and this sort of, you know, most of the time, not always, but most of the time what happens is you're drilling out the last, uh, the casing shoes, you're drilling out the casing from the last interval, drilling out the uh, float equipment, everything, cement, and you drill, you know, about 10 feet of new formation. Um, and when that's exposed, you're basically trying to say, okay, this is probably my weakest point in my next interval how high can I go? Or can I go this high? And the reason is, is one, understanding what your mud weight limit is. So let's say I, you know, need to weight up suddenly. Um, how much can I do that before I go on losses? Um, it's an important component of well control and, and kick tolerance, understanding that um, if you were to do something, what are your operational limits before you could actually make problems worse? Um, and it's a good way to identify if you have risk of losses. Once again, you know, the, the casing shoe, that area right below it is most likely your weakest point, not always. And so if we know what pressure that can handle, 
we have a pretty good idea of where we can go from there. Um, so that's that's a, a general overview. Although <clears throat> I'll add that usually this is after the first you know ten feet of formation is exposed. I have encountered situations where they've done leak off tests or at least NFIT further down after drilling through a zone that was notoriously weaker than mm. shoe. Right. No, that makes sense. And so you kind of elaborated on it, but I mean, other than, I mean, I would say 99% of the time it's, it's directly after you drill out a casing, uh, string and, and, and more specifically, you know, that, that, like you said, the shoe, uh, is a lot of times or the area around the shoes is, is the weakest point. And, and so why is that, Matt, can you describe maybe why that point specifically would be a weaker point and, and why we, uh, put so much emphasis on understanding how much act pressure it can hold? I mean, the, mo the most fundamental part to think about is it's for that interval, it's there's the least amount of overburden or rock piled on top, right? So in all likelihood, the, you know, rock stack stacked on top of it, especially when you're talking about vertical depth, um, the deeper you go, arguably, because there's more rock sitting on top of it, the stronger the rock should be. Um, and so at the shallowest point of that interval, all of the, you know, AKA the casing shoe, um, that's your weakest point. So many times we, if we know the shoe can hold that pressure, then, um, we can be fairly comfortable expecting that, um, uh, the rest of the formation can hold it. Um, and so, you know, for example, with loss circulation, you hear the assumption, most likely you're losing at the shoe when you encounter losses, it may not be actually at the bit. Yeah. Um, and for the same reason. Gotcha. So <clears throat> let's walk through it. Cause you know, interestingly enough, I had coffee with a customer the other day and we were talking about FITs and um, you know, cause in the area that we're in right now uh, there's a lot of uh, you know, a lot of depleted formations and we've had just a heck of a time getting an FIT um, and well, we are getting it, but not getting the uh, the equivalent mud weight that we're hoping for just because of the, uh, just a function of the formation and, and depleted zone. So uh, I was asking the customer, I said, you know, you know, it's just, it's odd because in this area, we're having a lot of issues and with a lot of other areas, it just seems like it's SOP and, you know, do we even need them? And, and, and supposedly in the area we're in, like, it's not technically required, but it's more uh, policy within the company, probably more from a well control perspective to, you know, de-risk it or to have, you know, the proper, information in place, depending on the, the company on what they require. So I guess, you know, leading to the question is, is who actually sets the standard or who actually sets these parameters or who enforces this? Is it a, is it a policy? Is it regulation? Is it, you know, depending on the state? I mean, can you touch on that? Are you familiar with why and who and when? And I mean, all of the above. So operator policy can be a big driver. Um, a lot of, especially bigger companies, have pretty clear-cut expectations on on when and why, regardless of where you are. Mm. Um, they see that as a de-risking move. Uh, some areas, it's it's governments requiring it. They'll explicitly state that you have to perform an FIT. Sometimes they'll even say that you have to perform a leak-off test. Okay. Um, and if you think, and, and we're going to step through, you know, all of them, but, uh, you know, it could be that they may specify whether you run an FIT or a leak off test, not just, um, you know, one or the other. And, and sometimes, you know, exploration work and, and that sort of thing where the area is fairly unknown. Um, it's one thing to say, I can pressure up this high. It's another to say, this is where the formation is actually going to break down. 
because you don't know what you're about to drill through in a, in a new area. Right. So um, sometimes it could even be the type of work you're doing may, you know, may dictate uh, what you're, which type of test you're running and, and that kind of thing. Gotcha. Well, you, you made a good uh, comment just a minute ago about, you know, we've been talking about FIT, which is formation integrity test. And then I'm sure a bunch of folks out there have seen LOT, which is also known as a leak off test. Uh, walk through the the, the differences, because I think a lot of they, they're, they're under the same umbrella, but there's different purpose behind each one. Can you describe them? Sure. Um, so, uh, I mean, if you basically the, the test sort of starts off the same way. Um, what you're going to do is you, you drill out and then, um, you stop drilling, uh, and you normally it's over the cement unit. You're going to pump at a really slow rate and you want to know what that constant volume is. Um, and so let's say you're pumping at a quarter to a half a barrel a minute, um, and you're monitoring the pressure and the pressure, the formation as you, you know, you're increasing volume in the well, um, you should see kind of a, a linear increase in pressure because there's, you know, more fluid in a confined volume because you're shut in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, basically an FIT says I'm going to, or a formation integrity test, I'm going to pressure up to a certain point equivalent mud weight. And if I can hold that, I'm good to go for the rest of the well. Right. Um, so you don't actually break down the formation or anything like that. You're just building up enough pressure to say, I can go this high and I'm safe. There shouldn't right. be any surprises. Um, and you can actually, in some areas, uh, we would do what's called a dynamic FIT, um, which was basically we would circulate and induce an equivalent circulating density of an equivalent mud weight pressure. Um, and that was, that was allowed in an area where it was off a platform. We knew really well by, you know, slot 22 that what, what everything around us looked like. And so it was more just kind of a, a faster way to validate. Yeah. Um, but, uh, that's a formation integrity test. You, you think of that line and, you know, pressure increases, pressure increases, pressure increases. Mm-hmm. Um, well, at some point, the formation is actually going to start to take fluid, right? Um, inevitably, the formation can't handle that, hold that pressure. And so you're going to see a leak off point. And, and basically what's going to happen on that pressure curve is you're going to go linear, you're going to see an inflection point because now your pressure is being bled off into the formation as I have more volume for the fluid to occupy right. the fracture I've induced. Um, and so that is kind of the, uh, that's where you call it, you know, formations leaking off. You call that a leak off test. Um, gotcha. And then there's, uh, you know, it can get even more complicated where you can do something called an extended leak off test to get even more information. Um, so uh, you could keep following this down where, um, uh, you keep pumping, you keep, you keep pumping. And actually then you're going to start seeing the, the fracture propagate. So your pressure starts to drop because the formation is breaking down. Right. right? Um, and then it's going to level off because the fracture starts to propagate. Um, and so that's called the fr- fr- fracture propagation pressure appropriately enough. Right. Um, and then you stop pumping your, fl- you know, stop pumping fluid and the pressure is going to drop. And that's basically the formation starting to close we're not starting to close, but um, the pressure is going to drop because you're no longer introducing volume. And then the fracture will start to close as the fluid leaks off into the formation. And that's considered your fracture closure pressure. So that's like the whole story of an extended leak off test and kind of tying into, I think, the question you're going to ask me next. No mind reader, but um, 
But ba- basically, that can give you all kinds of information on actually the rock stress, some some strengths information for wellbore strengthening and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, and so, if you don't get the pressure you were hoping for, this can actually help give you some data to strengthen the wellbore. Right. So, as you know, as you were describing it here, you you had uh, provided a nice chart, um, which really demonstrates or illustrates rather the how the, those curves look. And so if anyone out there is listening, um, I think Matt, it'd be good to probably put this chart into the show notes if we can. But, um, you know, if uh, for whatever reason you do want to Google it, there's, there's a ton out there because um, they all follow a very similar path, you know, with regards to pressure and, and, and time. Um, but nonetheless, it's, it's interesting to see and it does give us a lot of data. Uh, but oftentimes it doesn't work quite as, as nicely as we'd like. Because if you, if you know you're going to drill uh, you know, say your production interval with a hypothetically speaking, let's say a 14 pounds, but you do your FIT and all you can really get is let's say a 13, five. Well, already with your ECDs or just going in, you're, you're going to be over that, um, that fracture gradient. And so Matt, what are some things, um, that we can do from a fluid perspective to either help strengthen the shoe or you mentioned well, uh, well, we're strengthening, um, so yeah, I guess I open the floor to you. I mean, what what have you seen work, and what what do you see typically uh, operators do to help strengthen up that that area? So I mean, a lot of it is a classical wellbore strengthening component, right? So I come up with my LCM package, um, pressure up. You know, we've talked about wellbore strengthening a couple of times on on different episodes, um, and hopefully squeeze some of that material into the fracture that I've induced. Um, enhance kind of the hoop stress where basically that fracture is supported. So now um, the fracture has got to propagate a different direction uh, if it's going to fail and basically get enough, um, enough strengthening effect there that I can actually achieve that mud weight, have that higher fracture gradient. Um, I, I mean, I've seen folks do squeezes, uh, not just LCM squeezes, but, you know, kind of your higher fluid loss squeezes. I think that might be a little extreme. Um, depending on how bad it is. Um, uh, it just kind of depends. I mean, I mean, if it's really, really serious and there's no, you know, kind of little hope they'll, they'll pump cement. Um, I've, you know, that's, that's a pretty extreme case that hopefully you don't get to, but, um, (laughs) Justin, I know you got, I mean, you guys have done some work. You've, you've described these issues of not getting your, uh, your FIT. So, um, tell, tell us more about, uh, what you guys typically do to get it to work. Well, I mean, a lot of it comes down to they'll, they'll, they'll initially try it, right. Just to see under, you know, just typical conditions without any LCM or anything in the mud, just, just virgin mud, essentially trying it. And, and if they don't get it, um, oftentimes we'll spot, uh, you know, a high concentration LCM pill in the open hole. Usually it's that, that, uh, rat hole, they call it, but you know, the 10, 15, 20 feet, whatever it is, generally it's 10 feet. We'll spot something across the open hole up inside casing. Um, and then we'll go ahead and try it again. And what, and, 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 and so, you know, we'll have a different range of particle size in there, uh, with different materials, obviously, but, but we've, we've done that. Um, and what it's done is it's, it's given us, whether it's half a pound, a pound, pound and a half, uh, equivalent mud weight to get to where we need to be, or at least for them to be satisfied. Okay. Now we know it can hold this much. Uh, and, and so what it really comes down to, and we've had to do this now several times is, is, is simply just spotting something. And, and oftentimes 
you know, if you go to drill out your DV tool, um, and, uh, you know, you drill out your shoe track, you're, you're using your directional VHA because hopefully you get it and you drill ahead. So oftentimes we've been limited on how much LCM we could pump. And so we'd pump a certain amount. If we didn't get it, well then depending on the objective of that interval or what kind of time constraint they're under, sometimes we'll come out and go in slick depending on, again, what we, what we actually get initially, if it can't hold right. anything, like if we, they go in and then all of a sudden it just starts losing right away. Well, then we'll come out of the hole, lay down our tools, go in open-ended spot, something 60, 70. I, we pumped one up, uh, up close to 80 pounds per barrel. Um, and we did a hesitation squeeze and that actually, you know, we had some success doing that. Uh, and then, you know, <clears throat> so we would do that We'd pressure up and I think we've talked about squeezes, but um, you know, if that's successful, then what we would do is go pull out a hole and put on our tools, go back in and, uh, you know, really just, uh, slowly go through that zone. Um, you know, before we start drilling, obviously not surging, um, the living heck out of the, that, that section. And so we'd go in easy and you know, we'd slowly increase the pump rate, slowly start drilling ahead. And because you, you got your BHA still across there. So there's a lot of turbulent flow. There's a lot of pressure, um, drop across there so your ecds are rather high so one of the things that we've had to really do is just from a drilling practice uh standpoint is is being very uh careful going through there and then you know even though you get your fit with your squeeze you still want to kind of patch things up as you move along because a lot of that stuff can can get ripped off your you know take the band-aid off if you will um and so we'd pump some sweeps you know every depending on an rop but you know pops pump some sweeps as you go along and then you know once you're two or three thousand feet away from that to where then you're getting more of that you know transition flow not so much uh so much turbulent around there then you can kind of ease off but you know really it's just monitoring the wellbore and allowing whole conditions to dictate what you do after that but you know that's one case um you know oftentimes you can spot something you know depending on if you need just half a pound more you can spot 10 15 pounds per barrel you know, if you got tools in the hole, being careful of that spot, something, um, pressure up, if you get it, then you rock along. And so it's a lot of this, you know, if this happens, let's do this. If this happens, let's do this. And so there's a decision kind of tree matrix that most operators Almost like you have a plan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. We all love yeah. plans. Um, but typically people laugh at plans because then, you know, especially in the drilling world, a lot of the plans change quite drastically. Yeah, so the one you wrote down is never the one that, uh, actually ends up coming to be. But I, I will add, you know, I, I think one important thing that I've seen on the, from the mud engineer, you know, if you're a mud engineer out there and you don't get your leak off um, or FIT, um, it's granted your, you know, account manager, the office people should be seeing mud reports and know, but mm -hmm. this is a great opportunity to update your hydraulics parameters yes. and make sure that you can actually stay, you know, maybe, maybe now that you know, you could actually do some things to um, say, look, if we, if we slow down a little bit or here's the optimal pump rate so we can stay within these bounds and minimize our risk of losses. Yep. Uh, particularly helpful on the cementing, casing running uh, realm as well. Uh, um, because now you have some limits. Um, but it's, uh, that, that's another part of the plan, I feel like, is running and, and updating those hydraulics. Yep. to. Uh, um, address unmet expectations or unmatched expectations. 
Well, and that's, a, I mean, that's a great point, Matt. I'm glad you brought it up because actually <laughs> that's why I was late to this podcast because I had a call from a drilling engineer asking to run some surge hydraulics because of a weak shoe that we have on, a, on the interval that we currently drilling. And so we're going to be running um, our intermediate casing string and uh, our, our FIT, uh, we couldn't get more than a 10.7 and we're drilling with, a, with, a, with essentially a, a saturated brine. So there's concern of, of, you know, how fast do we run this casing? And so because we were hoping to get a lot more than 10.7, <laughs> we're not. Uh, so therefore, yeah, updating hydraulics and, 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 and modeling, you know, what we need to do, whether it's drilling or, or running casing. And so, yeah, that, that, that's a great point, Matt. And um, yeah, so it tells us a lot. And uh, yeah, there can be a lot of work afterwards to, to mitigate any further issues. But nonetheless, uh, I think it's extremely important and, uh, yeah, something we face all the time, but it doesn't go necessarily as planned, which is something, I don't know why I've just been bitten with the, with the luck of having to deal with this quite a bit lately, but, uh, another reason to bring it up and check, cause I'm sure I'm not the only one. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and it goes back to, uh, I just, I, I really think it's important for uh, all our drilling fluids folks to know the difference between these, understand what's going on just because it it's it's routine until all of a sudden it's not and then there's a lot of things that you can do to help yeah um and you know involve your technical support get uh you know make sure you have some materials and and can do some things that'll make a difference Mm -hmm. um so uh i thought it was a great topic and in a way i was kind of kicking myself that we hadn't you know, we're what, almost 75 episodes in that we hadn't done one on this yet. So yeah. good on yeah. you, Justin, for, for bringing up, uh, bringing up a topic that's near and dear to your heart right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, every once in a blue moon, I come up with an idea. And so I'm glad we jumped on it. And, uh, yeah, if, if mud engineers out there, if, if you're on a rig that this happened, I mean, that you're going through the motions and this stuff is routine, you know, ask the, the company representative, Hey, you know, if for some reason we don't get FIT, you know, you got any thoughts? And uh, again, having a plan in place, making sure something in the mud program maybe has an idea on, you know, if this uh, doesn't occur, here are some options, but uh, generating the conversation to where, you know, when it, when you don't get your FIT at three in the morning on a Saturday, you've got something on paper that you can somewhat follow. But again, our phones are on 24 seven, so it really doesn't matter either way. (laughs) So, well, that Matt, that's all I had, buddy, unless you got any last things, we'll close up and get back to her. No, thanks again for listening. Great idea, Justin. Cool. Well, I appreciate all the support out there, everyone. And if you could leave a review uh, and you know any comments, whether it's uh, on iTunes, Spotify, whatever platform you're listening to, any feedback is welcome and appreciated. You can hit us up on LinkedIn or send us an email at the Flowline Podcast at aesfluids.com. And with that being said, everyone take care and be safe. Thanks for listening. Please tune in next week for another exciting episode of the Flowline. And remember, may your returns always be full and your trips always smooth. Views expressed in this program belong to participants and not their employees. The program is for informational purposes only and cannot take the place of seeking professional advice. Copyright AES Drilling Fluids.